This is The Shift Podcast. Coming up on The Shift Daily Podcast, one of Canada's biggest dancers, Dante Colley, has teamed up with French's Ketchup to highlight the best local restaurants in Canada. We dive into how Dante is embracing his life online, his TikTok, his dancing to just share the joy and the love for dancing, plus some advice on how to live your best life as he's taken on chasing the dancing career down in Hollywood. Very cool. Handy Andy Barrar chats about uh, DIY, plus cleaning your air ducts, plus headphone pads, and more, including hiding your weed plants. Why not? Plus, are you okay with advice from politicians? This is not advice that you're probably going to want to take or at least share in front of your grandmother. Let's just put it that way. Are you okay with advice from politicians? Only if it's about, like, selling a good lie. I think a politician would be great. That'd be great advice from a politician. But other than that, no. Or as politicians call that, Tuesday. Yeah. I think that politicians can give good advice. It's just, like... What are, what is the qualification? What is the context of that advice? Like, is if it's, you know, an example of a world leader saying, you know, keep calm and carry on, like in World War II with Winston Churchill, that makes sense. But like at a COVID-19 press hearing, when right. Dr. Dina Hinshaw is presenting, this is the facts about the virus, and then Jason Kenney steps up, I don't need him there to talk about the pandemic. He can tell me about it on another time. So I think yep. the context is really important, especially in today's day and age. Yes. Let the doctors be the doctors. Let the leaders be the leaders. Mm-hmm. And don't pretend you're one or the other. Okay. Well, sometimes that help uh, can be, that advice can be helpful. It can be dangerous. Okay. Here and amazing. It can be hard to tell, honestly, between all of it, but sometimes it's just very wrong. Maybe it's a slip of the tongue. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's not. New Zealand's COVID-19 response minister, Chris Hipkins, uh, put his foot in his mouth during a press conference on Sunday, telling citizens of the country uh, that they should go outside. Is the does the clip say it coming up? Oh yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna. This is this is the clip. Let's see if you can catch on to where the slip of the tongue was about the pandemic. Look, it is a challenge in higher density areas for people to get outside and to uh, spread their legs when they are. Um, uh, when they're, when they're surrounded by other people. And so in some cases, it might be more sensible for them to drive a short distance to get to somewhere where they can be further away from other people. Key things, wear a mask when you're, you know, if, if you just can't get away from being around other people, maintain your distancing as much as you possibly can. Uh, and if it isn't safe to do that, like if you can't keep away from other people, then think about whether or not you really, really need to do that. Huh. I want to edit that. I do. Can you play the very beginning just one more time in case anybody missed the first three seconds? Yeah, just a second. Copy the work folder and all this stuff. I'm letting you behind the radio curtain. Here we go. Thanks, buddy. Look, it is a challenge in higher density areas for people to get outside and to uh, spread their legs. Oh, that's probably enough. Spread their legs. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fantastic. his sexually suggestive gaffe has raised the eyebrows of New Zealand's Director General of Health, Dr. Ashley Bloomfield, who is standing next to Hipkins during the briefing. Hipkins' face appeared to turn pink upon the realization he had misspoken. Later on, Hipkins chuckled and said he would go to stretch his legs 
And the phrase he actually meant to say originally and added that he knew the media would have a lot of fun with him later. Indeed, the citizens of New Zealand poked fun of the minister on social media and the hashtag spread your legs was trending on Twitter following the conference around the world. One tweet. As a country, we are never going to be able to take the phrase super spreader seriously ever again. Oh. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, some of my favorite ones is people took the actual uh, official like COVID-19 awareness posters and um, it, it changing the language and the, and the writing to say, start spreading your legs, stop the spread, spread your legs instead, that kind of thing. And it's just... Oh, dear. It, the whole country is all for this, which I think is fantastic because it's such a good gap. Well, spread your legs is going to stick around. Uh, I promise you, you will hear that on the shift again. And um, I would also like to add that later tonight on the shift, Sir Christopher Gilbert, who is in Tokyo and from New Zealand, has already let me know that he will dive deeply into the spread your legs comment and also wanted you to know that this very minister looks like a cabbage patch kid and he's going to explain that tonight on the international dispatch (laughs) he was very clear so now it is true new zealand has its own version i can't help myself of speaking moistly these are the things the things we know that prevents you from speaking moistly Awesome. Every country needs one of those. Go outside and spread your legs. (laughs) That's going to (laughs) stick. Yep. (laughs) That's going to stick. Are you okay? Are you okay with swimming in the ocean? No way, man. Really? Why not? Slimy things that swim between your feet. Oh, you're not going to like this story. You gotta pick You're not going to like this at all. Did I tell you the reason this, that the only time that I've taken a surfing lesson and how I was able to do it? Every time I went to Hawaii, I always said, I want to take surfing lessons. And right there in Waikiki Beach, you can take surfing lessons. And every time I went to Hawaii, the very next day, I would walk out on the pier and you would see some beautiful dory fish and all these pretty fish. And then you see this ugly eel swim by with, that needs braces, snaggletooth, ugly thing. And then I would be, nope, no lessons. So I tricked myself and I booked my lesson for nine o'clock in the morning after I arrived. I arrived at 10 o'clock at night. I had enough time to get myself some bananas from the store and try to get beer before they stopped selling beer. Go to bed. Woke up in the morning, had coffee, had yogurt, had my banana, had my wetsuit on. I was standing on the beach with a surfboard at nine o'clock. Didn't have a chance to think about it. Did the surfing lesson. Did not feel anything slimy. Have not gone back because I gives me the shivers. Hey, you got your lesson. I think that's okay. Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah. I... I can't even, have I ever, I have never, ever swam in the ocean. I haven't. Really? Uh, no, I haven't. Really? I'm trying to think. No. I, lots of lakes. Lots of lakes. I love swimming. Let me make that clear. I, if I had a pool, I would swim in it every day. Uh, but And I even took lifeguard courses, mm-hmm. but I never, no, I haven't. Yeah. Because even when I lived in Ontario, we never uh, went over to Quebec or the Atlantic. And when I was in Vancouver, I, I hate the beach. I hate beaches. I like swimming, but I hate the beach. So hmm. that's probably why I've never really done that. But right. uh, hmm. if I had the opportunity to like have a comfortable beach day, no screaming children, I could build sandcastles in peace 
and then going to dip in the water. Yeah, sure. Probably definitely in Hawaii. So no screaming children, but you want to build sandcastles. Yeah, no, I'm allowed to build sandcastles. The children okay. are not. Only I'm, me. All right. I've been in three oceans. Three, three of them. Three of them, yeah. Pacific Atlantic and Indian Ocean. Really? Yep. Cool. Did you work on a cruise ship? No, I just went to Indonesia. Oh. Yeah. All right. Um, I've been in the Pacific and I've been in the Atlantic and the Caribbean Atlantic. So that counts. Okay. Well, the ocean is refreshing. It is relaxing. The waves feel fantastic. But did you know there are snakes in the ocean, like this one, caught by Brave Wilderness on YouTube? Now, they are not aggressive, but I can't take my attention away from my fingers being gently positioned behind its neck here. One bite from this snake with as far away as we are from civilization, and I would be in some serious trouble. What would happen to you? Uh, I could potentially die, depending on how my body reacted. There's no question about it, this is the most lethal snake species I have ever handled. Now, these snakes are piscivores, which means that they hunt for fish. They have an incredibly potent neurotoxin. All it needs to do is tag a fish with the small fixed fangs inside of its mouth, and immediately the fish becomes paralyzed, and then the snake is capable of having its meal. Now, one interesting fact that you may not know is that the sea snake has an incredibly large lung that runs along the left side of its body. This allows these snakes to hold their breath for a long time when they're underwater hunting. It also works like the bladder of a submarine, allowing these snakes to become buoyant and they will float all the way up to the surface. I was waiting for him to get bitten. No, he didn't get bit. But right. cool, eh? No. <laughs> Snakes can often be aggressive near humans, and even if they don't bite, they can certainly startle divers. Uh, well, there's new research that may explain why those snakes like to take a shot at divers from time to time. They are... Oh, hang on. <sighs> Sorry, I got to... Yeah. yeah, sometimes you got to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, take your time. Yeah, yeah okay, thanks. Okay, uh, where is it? Well, there's new research that may explain why those snakes like to take a shot at divers from time to time. Turns out, the snakes are horny. Oh, oh. nice. According to the Huffington Post, researchers reviewed available data on sea snake attacks and noticed some interesting things. The attacks mainly involve males during breeding season, and they occurred in the midst of activities like a sea snake courting rituals or two rival ma ma males fighting. In fact, just a lovesick boy looking for a girlfriend and making a rather foolish mistake. Herpetologist, herpetologist, yes. and study co-author Rick Shine on McGuire University in Australia told the New York Times. The snakes, much like Ryan, have terrible vision. Their glasses cost a lot. And they are hurling themselves at divers to see if the divers are suitable lovers. Wow. Uh, don't be confused. Ryan is not has never been in the ocean, so it's not his fault. No, definitely not me. That's why Alfred recommended that if you find yourself in this unpleasant situation, simply stay calm and allow the snake to investigate with its tongue. Stay calm. Shut up. Shine also noticed that the sea snakes move so fast, you probably won't be able to get away anyway. So trying to fight it is likely to make the snake more aggressive. Oh. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's... And that's why I did not take a surfing <laughs> lesson. Oh. So, wait a second. If, like, they say that they've noticed that the attacks come from males, because you know the last thing you're going to notice? 
You're going to be like, ow, I got bit by a snake. Oh, no, I'm going to need help from a doctor. Oh, look, it's a male snake. First of all, how can you tell? B, who's going to look? Like, well, how do you do that? Do you, is it like a dog? Like you, I don't know. Uh, Well, I imagine their behavior and how what they're doing is specific to male sea snakes. Like, I, uh, I, did I your sea snake have a, a mustache, well. sir? Oh, <laughs> is it aggressively masculine? Does it show displays of toxic masculinity? I don't know, man. All right. Are you okay? That was gross, by the way. You're welcome. Are you okay with phone cases? Yeah, because um, I drop it so many times. Yeah, I guess yeah. I drop it. Yeah, I drop it quite a bit. This, this phone that I'm holding is the only phone I've had that I have not broke broken within the first week of having because I put a there, case on the day I bought it. There was a young guy. So, I was yeah. at the gym and I put a uh, my phone brand new. I just picked it up and it was sitting on the bench and he was at the locker and he pulled his lock off and slipped out of his hand and his lock landed on my phone. Smash. Oh, and he just no went way. pale. He looked at me. He's like, oh no. He goes, was that expensive? I said, yeah, I just bought it two days ago. It was like $1,800. And he was just a young man. He was terrified. I said, don't worry about it, man. Things happen. No big deal. You didn't mean it. And he was terrified. And I was I could see it in his eyes. So I was just trying to be nice, right? Inside, I'm sweating, yeah. going, oh, my God, how am I going to get this fixed? I finished my workout, went to leave the gym, and he was standing at the door. And he's like, I asked all my friends for money. I got, I got 40 bucks. Can I have your phone number? And I'll pay it back the rest. I'll make it up to you. He wanted to buy me my phone repair or a new phone. Wow. He was so terrified. And I said, no, man, don't know. He's like, no, you got to take the 40 bucks then. I'm like, no, I really don't. Thank you very much. Anyway, he was so kind. If more people can only be like that. I did not have cool. a case on it. Cases may make your phone chunkier, but it will also make it a lot tougher. And that can come in handy, especially if you drop your phone in a lake. A few times here on The Shift, we've shared stories about people finding long-lost items, kind of like this one from CNN. woman accidentally dropped her iPhone in a river last June in South Carolina, 15 months ago. And so she was upset that the texts from her late father, she thought were gone forever. Until a man on YouTube found the phone, Michael Bennett, known as Nugget Noggin on YouTube, found the phone in its waterproof case. The waterproof case must have worked charged the phone, and when it turned on, it had a passcode, so you couldn't get inside. I put the SIM card inside of a different phone. I was able to get the contact information of the owner. It was uh, it was kind of emotional because, you know, the last thing I have from him is, hey, I'm playing phone tag with you, so I figured I'd just text you. How are you feeling? And I think he had called me after that. Um, uh, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure it was Father's Day. A story like that just happened in Ontario with a similarly amazing ending. The cell phone contains precious photos of a family's brother who passed away. A phone fell in the river in Ontario a year ago, and amazingly, it still works and has those pictures. Um, Jordan Myslyskis of North Carolina said she and her husband were visiting Ontario last year to celebrate the birthday of their brother, Jesse. Unfortunately, the phone was put on a rock and slowly slid off, slid off and plunged into the river. They returned to North Carolina. The tragedy soon followed when Jesse died in an ATV crash, leaving the last photos of the family together at the bottom of the river. The family went back to the same place this year to mark the brother's birthday when they got a message from a stranger. We went back to his home to celebrate his birthday like we did last year. And that day I got a message on Facebook from a complete stranger who said he, he and his brother were diving at the falls 
and they found my phone. Myslaiskis said it was remarkable that the phone was rediscovered when she happened to be in town. We were like, what are the odds? It makes you question things and wonder the timing of it all. A couple of days before his birthday, and that happened, she said. Despite being underwater for a year, the phone works, and they got the photos. This is the Shift Podcast. Ketchup in Canada has been a long, sordid story. And in order to help us understand why it matters, here's a dancer from Toronto who's in L.A. (laughs) That sounds really funny. Hey, Uh, Dante Colley, uh, you're from Toronto. Specifically, where are you from? Specifically, I'm from Scarborough. (laughs) Okay. Got to represent. Okay, represent. Um, you're you're in LA working and 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 chasing the dancing dream, which is amazing. We'll talk about that shortly. Uh, <laughs> French's has gone local. One of the cool things with French's and ketchup in their in their in their new new world of ketchup is investing local. They've put together this fantastic fantastic program, which I think is really cool. Ryan is so excited about this, which is the. Um, Look at that. That's a big car. Oh uh, Where your, your local pride movement celebrating all things local. Now, summer grilling season, you know, we're a little over halfway through. We've got our fall parties and stuff coming up, as you know. Um, what happened here and how does a, a TikTok dancing dude end up in a partnership with French's? This is exciting. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, I've always loved digital media. That's something that's been my thing from the get-go i'm so passionate about dance and also digital design and just creating things from nothing and you know french's is an amazing brand and an amazing team to kind of deliver a message of supporting people from whether you're local or whether or not you're from all over i think there's something so special about each and every single one of us and i think that's what the brand and what french's is all about is tapping into all of the things all of the puzzle pieces that we bring to make this big picture of what our lives are. And I think we're all a part of it and we all bring something so unique and so special to the table. And I think that's what this is all about. Just showing who you are, no matter what other people think of you, because it's none of your business and just being yourself. I think we're in an era that it, it doesn't matter anymore. And I think there's been so many, so many obstacles of trying to actually be your authentic self and i definitely think after what we've been through over the past year and a half there's no point of hiding it anymore just be all that you are you're going to find your group you're going to find your niche um and it's going to gravitate towards you so that's what this is all about i think it's just being who you are and supporting all of who you are as well as others I love it. I, I think it's great. Isn't it funny, Dante, how all we've done is strive to get to a point of who cares? Right, right. <laughs> right? Like, who, who cares? I thought it would have been this hard. <laughs> yeah, uh, to, to, to get to who cares. So this uh, this is a campaign that French's has put out, and it's pretty great. Um, proudly Canadian, 100% Canadian tomatoes, and all of those things. Um, and th- there's a there's the shirt, which is great. I love the hot dog shirt. Um, yes, wear Tama, your local pride. Yeah, this is cool. Uh, now, my understanding is that those are all spoken for. I'm not sure. But if you go to the uh, French's website, give it a Google, you're going to find out um, uh, all, everything you need to know about the, those shirts, too, which is another, which is a Quebec artist, by the way, who put that together and yeah. super Canadian. And uh, I love it when business invests in Canada. And I think that yeah. that's 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 the 
that that's really what matters it was when you when you look at all of those pieces i mean here's you from scarborough uh the artist from quebec antoine tava uh who did the hot dog t-shirts and stuff like that frenches.ca slash local is where everybody can go and and do that i also mm-hmm. love the competition which is kind of fun too so <laughs> to, let's let's talk about the food for a second here dante yeah. um so i mean th- there are the classics course, you gotta you gotta put your your ketchup on on certain things which would include like the hot dog the hamburger if you had to vote for one and one only what's the one you vote for oh i would definitely be a hamburger a hamburger dude um i mean barbecuing is definitely something that is pretty popular in my family it's a way that we can gather and hang and just catch up literally um but yeah cool so tell me about your dancing, Dante. I want to hear about this. I mean, you were really sort of discovered in all this as a guy who's dancing on TikTok through a pandemic, trying to share a little bit of positivity. Uh, you move in ways that I only move when I slip and fall. So um, tell me about dance, Dante. Why do you love it? Yeah. I mean, dance has been like my tool for literally everything in terms of my physical well-being, but primarily my mental well-being. It's a way that I can just ground myself, come back to like literally my rawest version of myself and just tap into that and be all that I am. Um, It's definitely something that I've grown up, not necessarily with all of the opportunities or the abilities to go to class and all of that stuff, because it just wasn't in the cards for me, but it was always something that I was passionate about and being able to use the internet and grow up with it and tap into ways of, connecting with others and just finding my my people I think allowed me to continue to just share more parts of myself and I think that's where I've kind of ended up like strangely enough never would have thought that I'd be in the position that I'm in in terms of being able to dance with people that I love but I think being able to just have people feel like they can feel better after watching something that I've made is something that I like could only ever ask for. Um, it's just, it's so wild. The internet is such a crazy place, but it's such a important place as well. Uh, you are a bit of a doppelganger for Lenny Kravitz, eh? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. That's like, it's amazing. Like a couple of your videos and a couple of your photos, like in some of them, you know, you look like Nante. And then there's a couple of them where it's like, holy crap, is that Lenny Kravitz? Like, it, oh my it really gosh. is quite amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I get that sometimes. I appreciate yeah. that. Love really, Lenny. hey? Well, he's yeah. a terrible guy to mentor. Oh, I'm, I mean, that's the <laughs> thing too, right? Like everybody is their, their own person. But for me, like, I... I just do what I got to do and hopefully whoever is around will follow suit. (laughs) Are you surprised? Um, you know, because I, I, not to get, I mean, my hippie self here that loves this stuff, you've really here, here's how I see this. And I mean, I've only recently met you and, and done my research through all the, the things I can Google, Yeah, but it seems like you embraced this piece of you of expression in the last couple of years here more so than anything you put yourself out there you took the risks uh the i don't care sort of kicks in right like i don't care what anybody thinks i'm gonna dance and here you are now working and chasing your dream i mean you've got french's has clearly signed up to support you 
then you've got you know the chance to chase your dream and stuff uh you know in in la la land does it surprise you and and you know what do you have to say for people who have always wanted to uh you know sort of express themselves the way you have uh i would say that it's it's not as easy as people think when you're trying to strive for what you love and believe in but your power is something that no one else can take away from you and it's yours and yours only um for me i literally started from nothing and was able to build everything that i've been able to build just by being myself and just by putting in the work and trying my best um in terms of education in terms of um just conversation i think there's just so many elements that go into doing what it is that you really want to be doing but it's not something that just happens overnight um because this stuff that I've been doing, I've been doing for years, especially on Instagram and on Tumblr and on all of these platforms that I've been able to really tap into myself and find a way of telling my story in my own way. So I would just say, keep pushing and keep going and just don't give up. Even when it feels like there's no way or there's no chance, those are usually the, the moments that are breakthrough moments. And you never know what's on the other side unless you try how are you different from a couple of years ago when you really dug into this um, versus who you are today? What's the biggest thing you've discovered? Uh, I think the biggest thing that I've discovered is that I, you really don't need validation from anybody. And, you know, I think growing up, it's growing up in an era that you grow up in, especially online, it's so easy to compare yourself to others and so easily, like, it's such a struggle sometimes when you are seeing other people doing their thing, but not really understanding that you've got your own road to ride and you've got your own journey to ride. Um, but for me, it was like, as soon as I finished high school, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew that I was, I wanted to do some kind of digital art and I always wanted to pursue dance. So I just wanted to fuse both together for myself and see where that took me. And it was a way of me to continue to do what I love. And here I am. I'm still trying to tap into new ways of unlocking what's ahead. But it's it's a road that I'm willing to ride. And I'm not putting too much pressure on trying to figure out what's necessarily up next. Because I know what's, what's ever right for me will come for me when it's time. So being proudly Canadian and being proudly local is an important part of this this piece where everyone um, can, you know, be a part of that. And, you know, I mean, French's has, has been very invested in Canada in general. When you go and you dance down in the States in LA, how hard is it to represent Canada when you're down there? I mean, <laughs> I mean we always <laughs> say that everyone loves Canadians, but, um, you know, I mean, here you are, you know, chasing your dreams and, and, and trying to bring it back to Canada with you a little bit. So how does that work? Yeah. You know, what's so interesting is that it's such a different world right on the other side of the border and you know there's so many opportunities for people that live in this in this country um and you know canadians have to work three almost four times five as five times as much harder just to be able to be taken seriously um and it's it's unfortunate but it just is more it just feels better when you're able to actually do what it is that you want to do and have the support once you get over or even just staying at home. Like I've been home and especially throughout the pandemic, um, wasn't really doing any traveling at all and was still able to 
do what I've done. So I think what's important is to just continue. It doesn't matter what people think, you know, LA is LA, the United States is the United States, but there's so much talent in Canada and there's so much talent in our local communities that we definitely need to support more of between our, within our own community, especially in Canada. So I think it's just, just keep being yourself and Mm -hmm. especially being Canadian because it is so different. Um, And that's what like is amazing about Canada is that we're so unique and we're so diverse. Whereas in other places, that's kind of rare. Yeah, I get that. And I really also get the the community part. You said community there and here we are, you know, everyone's trying to be responsible and still see their family members. What a great way to do it than to have a little backyard barbecue where everyone could be outside a little bit safer and, and be able to get out and do that. Community is a powerful thing. Family group, you can kind of throw it all together. Neighbors, um, you know, friends and, and put it all in one spot. And what a great campaign. Frenches.ca slash local, uh, your chance to support uh, your local, you know, uh, well, tomatoes, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, wear your local pride and and invest in the um, and invest in your family and your community, which is totally. great. Frenches.ca/local is the thing. Dante Colle is uh, Colle is the dancer. Uh, you can find him very easily. Actually, it's it's not hard if you just go to uh, Dante Colle D O N T E C O L L E Y. You can see all of his. Uh, his TikTok musings, which are fun, lots of dancing. They're going to put a smile on your face. That's for sure. There is, um, I'm happy to support uh, French's and their Canadian tomatoes. Absolutely. Except for, I got to tell you, I'm a purist though. This roasted garlic ketchup thing. I don't know. I'm a skeptic. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I'm a skeptic. I'm a purist. Hey, give it a whirl. <laughs> give it a whirl. You never know. You're right. I should try it before I judge. Um, Dante, my friend, thank you for spending the time. And being oh, here with us on the shift, come back and let us know uh, how your um, how your world pans out. And I certainly hope French's is shipping you uh, ketchup and forcing those Americans to have them on their hot dogs at the ballpark. Totally. Uh, I appreciate you so much, Shane. Thanks so much for everything. And yeah, I'll be back for sure. It's the shift podcast. I got my tight pants on. Maybe that'll just be the intro for Disco Andy, you know? Type the tight pants song. You turned up a little bit, bro. DJ BK. So once upon a time, there was a gadget guy who went to a gadget nerdy conference and went and partied with glow sticks. Probably took a shirt off and he was on the dance floor, let's be honest. But his name is Andy Barrar. Regardless of his uh, late night shenanigans, he's a pretty wicked dude. And he joins us here on the shift. Hey, Andy. <laughs> you make me laugh every time you intro me, Shane. <laughs> oh, you're on my phone today, by the way. Really? Yeah, there's a selfie that we took in the parking lot um, when we went out for lunch there last month. And it was, uh, let's see if it's still there. It was one of those um, update things that Apple puts in your phone and you're like, what the heck is on my phone? Oh, it's gone now. The memory or whatever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're on my update page. You're on my update page. And uh, so it made me uh, think of you. And here we are on the shift. We have a text message that that came in for you. It said you should stop talking about your pot plants because someone will steal them. And by the way, they're too tall. You need to make them flower when they're shorter and get lots of bud. Yeah, I think um, 
they're in a greenhouse and the greenhouse gets a lot of sun and they were really short at first and then they just started growing and I didn't trim them because there's a way you can trim the top part off and then kind of make it grow horizontally. But, you know, the thing that's the thing about me, Shane, is I have too many DIY projects on the go that I forget, like the, the, the plants inside the greenhouse are self-watering. So I don't even have to go in there anymore. They just water themselves. And that just makes me neglect them more. So when I walked in the other day, I was like, holy cow, they're huge. They're way too big, you know. And um, it's been difficult to make sure that you can't see them from, from the street. But I've been able to block it off. But there's this one point of the night in the evening where the sun's going down. And it kind of goes right through the greenhouse. And you can see the silhouette of the plants. And so it's not a good look. So I got to, I got to do look. more effort to hide them now, especially as they're going to start flowering in the next two months. Steve in North Vancouver sends this suggestion. I don't know if it's valid, but Steve's always pretty smart, sends good ideas. Put a large appliance box over them during July and start the flowering process while the weather is still hot. You don't need Christmas tree size plants. So, yeah, some people will like try to, flip them which is basically get them to flower earlier by putting them in darkness but i'm just gonna you know i'm just gonna let mother nature do what mother nature does and uh just this is the first time i'm really growing um cannabis plants outdoors you know ever since it became legal so it's kind of like an experiment basically they're, they're yeah. inside mushroom manure so i don't i'm not even giving them fertilizer they're just keeping them alive and seeing what happens all right. Um, you did say legal. And just to be clear, there is a cap on how big they can be and how many you can have, both of which you have broken. <laughs> really? There's a limit on how big they can be? I, I yeah. thought they just said four plants. So I was like, wow, they didn't say <laughs> I could make them into a tree, but I guess maybe I should do some more homework. After this. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. HandyAndyMedia.com. Don't take his advice on the, on the weed plants, but do take his advice on these other great things that Andy uh, has going on. Now, speaking of your uh, nerdy gadget things that you typically go to and put your disco pants on for, uh, th there is, there is one this year. Like it's legit. Real people are going. Well, uh, the Consumer Electronics Show, known as CES, it happens on January of the, the you know first week of January of every year. So in 2021, because of COVID, they did for the first time an all digital event. Everything was done online. Nobody went to Las Vegas. I did not sit down for one CES demonstration online this year. It's just it's just not the same, Shane. So for 2022. What they've just announced is that they are going to hold an in-person event in Las Vegas, as they do every year, but they're also going to do a digital event. So whether you want to go to Vegas or you want to stay at home and just you know live stream it, you can. However, if you are going to Vegas, they want to see proof of your vaccinations. And I think that is just a trend that we're seeing everywhere. But the big question that I have for you, Shane, because... You know, this is kind of like that old sitcom, Home Improvement. If I was like Tim the Toolman Taylor, you're like Mr. Wilson on the other side of the fence. Oh, so God. whenever I need advice, I go to you, except yeah. there's no fence. It's just like live radio. But okay. my question to you is, should I go this year? Because, you know, I'm double vaxxed. But at the same time, if for anyone that's ever gone to the Consumer Electronics Show, you always come back sick. It's 170,000 people crammed in this one convention center from around the world. So we call it the CES flu. But I swear, Shane, 
in 2019, I got COVID. I'm pretty sure I got it at that show. It had just, we were just starting to talk about it in China, but there was a lot of people from all over the world in Vegas. And when I came back, I had never been so sick in my life. And that's when we just started talking about COVID in North America. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, I must have had it from 2019 show. Yeah, with, with 2020, January 2020, I think is what you mean, right? That's um, what I mean. Sorry. It, yeah. yeah. I always um, get the years. It's the first week of 2020. Look, man, if you want to blame your ridiculous hangover and your disco <laughs> dancing on some COVID virus, because here's the thing. If we go back in time and you go to this event, uh, you know, talking to Mike Yanni, I mean, I know full well that in 2020 and in 2019 and 2018 and 2017, you also came back to Canada from this event going, I've never been so sick in my life. So that's, you know, that's very not true. Science. I, but the, 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 <laughs> the, the problem with that, okay, first of all, I don't really go on vacation. Whenever I have time off, I do DIY projects. So I'm trying to like, to hit two birds with one stone every time I go to Vegas, try to watch all this and learn all this new tech products. But at nighttime, you know, I, I just Look make out. bad decisions. I make bad decisions <laughs> and I party. And then I have to do all these like radio interviews in like the morning. And, it, and they're always a train wreck. But I love the show because it really shows you where technology is going. You know, back in the day, years ago, it was all about 3D TVs. That never really took off. So there always, there's always a big theme every year at CES. Some things stick, some don't. But, um, you know, 2022, after, after COVID, you know, I really wonder what that show is going to be like. I'm wondering if people are even going to want to go. It's kind of early because especially with the Delta variant out there, you know, it's not over. And so I'm, I'm kind of on the fence, Shane. And typically around this time is when you would register – and try to get some hotel uh, rooms booked because it gets booked really quickly and the prices go well, up. But I, I got to so tell you. So are you asking I'm, me here? Is, you're, you're leaning in and you're asking? I'm asking. What do you, what would you do if, if you were in my position? Would you go mm -hmm. to, to a big trade show? One of the biggest trade shows in the world um, in 2022, in January. Yeah, absolutely. I think you go. I think you absolutely go. I think you have your shots. And if boosters are a thing by then, you stay up to date with it. And if you really want to be super careful, wear your mask, wash your hands, and uh, maybe just tone down the late night stripper pole activity. And, and you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be just fine. I mean, statistically speaking, you're going to be fine. And there's an awful lot of people there. And yes, it might get, there might be something that happens. I mean, the, I would imagine that they're probably going to change the way things are set up anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you go and the world goes on and you do the best you can. And, and, you know, just, you know, it's the strange contact with these strangers. I think Andy, is you really need to limit the, the late night contact with people. Well, I'll tell you what, I will report with you every night. So of what I saw, so that'll keep me out of trouble. Hopefully, oh, dear. Uh, yeah, if, right. if I do go. I know you well enough. Um, okay, let's get into some of your DIY uh, hacks you've got. you got two big ones here that I think are super fantastic. Let's get into your uh, cleaning hack for your dryer, which is, by the way, one of the most dangerous places in your house. That's right. And uh, I just actually did this at my parents' house because my, you know, my, my parents are getting older. My mom's getting older. And what you can do is you can buy for your washer and dryer these uh, they're called like razors, and basically it depends on what your dryer model you get. But they're 
basically little stands that your dryer would sit on and there has a little compartment underneath. So I actually yeah. bought these for uh, my parents and then I installed them. But once I had to take the, the washer and dryer out, I looked at the, the dryer duck and it was just, it's got like lint. Like it looks like a clogged artery of the house, you know, of just lint on it. So I was like, you know, I can't really put this all back together without cleaning it. So I put my handy Andy thinking cap on and I came up with a brilliant Eureka idea. Why don't I use my cordless air blower, that a leaf blower, shove it into that duck and then just turn it on and, you know, push all that lint out. And you know what? It worked. So for a lot of people out there, it you know, we don't really like take care of our, our ducking in our house, but that is something that you can totally DIY if you have a little blower. Just, you know, remove your, your dryer, take that vent out, stick an air blower in it, turn it on, and that all that stuff will just fly out of there and it will clean it. And like you're right, it is one of the most dangerous parts of our home and it definitely needs to be cleaned. Now that I've done that, Shane, I'm actually going to do it at my house this weekend because I feel so bad that I haven't done mine in years. So I'm just putting it out there to everybody to make sure you try to clean your dryer decks, whether you do it professionally or DIY like myself. Very good. Um, DIY repairs your headphones. Now, for everyone who wears headphones with cups on them, typically one of two things happens. You wear them until they're worn out, and maybe the cord breaks, you break a jack, it gets broken up by the ear, or the foam pads become so uncomfortable, or you lose them. So those are really the only outcomes. So what do you got? Yes. And so I have this on my website if you want to see it. I actually did repair a very expensive pair of Bose earbuds. And it was what you were saying. The ear pads actually, they lost the cushioning. Then they started to come apart. And then it just like, it, it just literally fell apart. So a lot of these earbud manufacturers, especially if you get an expensive pair, and you would know this because you're in radio, if you get an expensive pair, one thing that you should always look for is can you replace the ear pads? Now, the model that I had repaired is from Bose, and they do actually sell the ear pads that you can buy from Bose directly. However, you can go on Amazon and get a third party for even half the price. In this case, I only paid $20, and I was able to bring back to life these earbuds that work perfectly fine. It was just the ear pads were completely disintegrated. And if you go onto my website, handyandymedia.com, I'll show you how easy it is just to take these ear pads off and put a replacement on. Not all earbuds can do this, but it's definitely something that you should look for in your cups if you um, if you have a pair right now that are starting to fade away. You make me feel really spoiled because you know what we do when the cups wear out? Get new ones? Yeah, we use email engineering. <laughs> Say, my headphones No, but work. this is the thing is because <laughs> – you know, especially for radio guys, like that's like a tool that like, becomes part of you, you know, your your headphones. So it's almost like, you know, it has sentimental value and you might as well keep working and use them. You don't have to replace them. All you got to do is just replace those little ear pads. And if you want to see how easy it is, just go to my website, handyandymedia.com. And there's a YouTube video over there that shows you how to do it yourself. Very natural segue into YouTube. What do you got there? Yeah, so YouTube just announced that they've passed the 2 million mark for their YouTube partner program. So these are basically the people that have YouTube channels that are getting paid through ads and different types of revenue streams. 
they've YouTube's had this for 14 years and now they've just hit that 2 million creator mark. Some people, Shane, and this is my dream, they're making six figures on YouTube just creating these videos. But the big issue now, especially with these creators, as they get bigger and bigger, you, they got to be more ad friendly. They can't say controversial things because they don't want to lose the advertisers. And that's what's happened to some of the biggest YouTubers out there. They will say or do something that's really stupid and then the advertisers walk away. Or this is another thing that I just learned. There's like beef between YouTube creators. So YouTube actually had to create and update their harassment policy for creator on creator content where people were like literally bullying and harassing other creators and they were actually making money from doing that. So they had to update everything. So this creator program has really taken off and YouTube has done a lot to curb it and also to make sure that it can satisfy both the advertisers and the good creators out there as well. It's incredibly important for everybody to know that when you see a top 10 list, Andy was just talking about headphones, that a lot of these folks on YouTube, when they do their top 10 list, their number one will not actually be the best headphones. It will be the highest bonus that they get in commissions for linking you to buy that product, right? Like, so number one doesn't mean the best. It usually means I get paid the most for this one. And we are, how many times do we go look at things online and, and see that list and click on them and go, Oh, this is the number one thing on the YouTube and whatever. So it is a little bit misleading. Handy, andymedia.com. Andy Barrard, thank you very much, brother. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. Maybe we'll see you in Vegas for that little shindig. Well, you told me to go. Now I'm, now I'm going. Now that you told me to go, I, I yeah. will get my immune system up and running for that. Following you with a camera, and that's going to be my YouTube channel. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.